And uh, I know that in the past, we've had guys from our church join the Gideons uh, to be a part of sharing the gospel. And so, again, man, see these guys after the service, get involved. Um, what a great open door. Um, they give you all the materials. They give you a word of God. And all you have to do is like, hey, would you like one of these? <laughs> would you like? And, and, and then it goes from there. So what an exciting thing, exciting ministry. Turn, if you will, to, Roman, uh, to Romans, <laughs> to Revelation chapter 18 this morning. As we continue in our series, Christ Revealed in the book of Revelation. This morning we will be covering a whole chapter this morning, which is uh, quite a feat for me because I don't like to go all that fast, but I, at the same time there's so much that's bunched up together here that I really couldn't break it up, and so we got a lot to cover. And so let's read the first eight verses, and then we'll move on from there. In verse 1 it says, After these things I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority. And the earth was illuminated with his glory. And he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. And I heard another angel from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive of her plagues. For she, for her sins have reached heaven, have reached to heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Render to her just as she rendered to you, and repay her double according to the works, to the cup, in the cup which she has mixed, double, mixed double for her. In the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuriously, in the same measure, give her torment and sorrow. For she says in her heart, I sit as queen and no, and I'm no widow and will see no sorrow. Therefore, her plagues will come in one day, death and mourning and famine. She will be utterly burned with fire for strong is the Lord who judges her. Father, I pray that your word would penetrate our hearts, Lord God, as we cover this portion of scripture, Lord God, that you would just use it for your glory, for our good, that God, you would give us the boldness that we need, Lord God, to go out and share the word of God, because you have revealed it to us, that Lord, we may be responsible for it, to be able to go and, and share the gospel. And so Jesus, thank you, Lord, for your word, in Jesus' name, amen. In verse 1, where he says, after these things, he saw another angel. Now, you, you have to remember, and if you've been with us for, for a little bit, you have to remember that when, when the seven bowls were ended back in chapter 16, it, it, it kind of took us to the end of the Great Tribulation. 
that, 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 that seventh bowl. It, it was like now the finale. It was all closing up. Then we got into chapter 17 a few weeks ago. And one of the angels wanted to, to kind of like zero in on Babylon and the judgment that would come upon it. So it's almost like it takes us to the end. But before the finale, it kind of gets us to focusing on Babylon basically as a whole. And, 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 and that's what we've been seeing for the next two chapters, chapter 17 and 18. And so it shows us the, the judgment that would come upon Babylon. So after that angel in chapter 17 was done with those things, the Apostle John now, coming into chapter 18, sees another angel. And it is coming down from heaven. And so once again... The scene is taking place on earth. The, the, this judgment that is about to come, it's happening and the focus is on earth. Again, we've been to heaven and earth, back and forth. And, and this one right, right now, it says this angel is coming down from heaven. And so once again, we're back on earth. And this angel is coming from heaven, from the very presence of God. And he has been given great authority. Now, I have shared this with you before, and I will share it with you again, that angels do not do anything in their own authority. They only do what they are told to do. They are, they are God's presence, ready to do His bidding. They don't, they don't think on their own. They're, they're, they're not like you and I. They're angels. They are there for, for God and for His purpose. And so whenever they are told to, to do something, they're not like us. It's like, what does He really mean by that? Does He really mean that He wants me to go out and share the gospel or somebody else? No, no. These guys are in His presence. They're looking at the very face of God as His glory. And when He gives them a command, he, they are so obedient to go and do that. And they do it with the authority God, give it, God gives them. Now, these angels might have some opposition, some, some resistance, some hostility in the spiritual realm. As we have seen in the book of Daniel, as we've seen in chapter 12 of Revelation. That there's always this warfare that is going on outside our realm in the sense that, that we don't always see. That there are those fallen angels who had fallen long before or these demons that are on, on the earth. That there's this opposition that's happening. But see these angels, man, they don't let any of that stop them or diminish the authority, the power that they have been given from God and by God. You see, they know that they're going to go and accomplish the work that they've been set out to do, just like the Word of God. It will go out and accomplish the work that God has set it out to go do. And so these angels, even though they might get opposition from the spiritual realm, they will go and do the work of God because they have this authority, they have this power. In the King James, the word authority that we have here is power. And in the Greek, it carries the meaning like in the sense of, of ability, privilege, i.e. subjectively, force, capacity, uh, complicity, freedom, 
or objectively, mastery, concretely, magistrate, superhuman, potentate, taken or token of control, delegated influence, authority, jurisdiction, liberty, power, right, strength. That's what that word authority carries with it. That these angels have all that going for them, and so there is nothing that's going to stop them from accomplishing the work and the word of God that God has given to them. And so they come down from heaven to earth with great authority. And it says that the earth was illuminated by His glory. In in other words, this angel just lit up the place. The earth, it lit up the earth with His glory. With the way he, he, He shined from being in the presence of God. It wasn't so much His glory but from, from the presence of God. As one commentator put it, he was so fresh from the presence of God that he glowed. I like that. It reminds me of Moses, when Moses spent that time with God. It says that his countenance, countenance just glowed as he came from the presence of God and people were like stunned. But also during this time of the great tribulation, this world will be so dark that anything from heaven will totally illuminate and bring light to a darkened world. It is that dark. But you know, as I was thinking about that, that whole thing of how, how it comes and it illuminates because being in the presence of God, I thought, man, that, that is exactly what is supposed to be happening to today because we are living in such a, a dark world that's getting darker and darker every day. And as we spend time with the God of heaven in his presence, in worship and prayer, in his word, we will show, we will illuminate his glory to a world that's getting so dark around us, or has gotten so dark. This dark world that we are living in, because the Bible says that that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And if the Holy Spirit dwells within us as believers... When we come out, because we have come out of that darkness that we were once in and into his marvelous light, then we are to shine that light. We're not to hide that light. We are to illuminate this world because this world is so dark and we have the opportunity to share God's word because of the light of the world that lives within us. So let your light so shine. In verse 2, it says that he, he cried mightily and with a loud voice, Babylon, the great, is fallen, is fallen, and has become the dwelling place or a dwelling place of demons, a prison of every foul spirit and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. And so the cry goes out that Babylon the great has fallen, has fallen. Whenever you have something repeated like that, it speaks of, 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 of the severity, the, the, the seriousness, the importance of that charge that this great city, this city that just kind of, kind of took over the world, has fallen. It has come to nothing. 
And some will say that this is talking about the literal city of Babylon. And again, it is possible that it is talking about the, 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 the literal city. But the description here in verse 3 that it gives us is the same description that we have of the great harlot in the prior chapter in verse 2 where it says, With whom the kings of the earth committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. And so verse 3 from chapter 18 is exactly or or, or just about the same as verse 2 of chapter 17. And so it kind of gives us uh, uh, a feel that this Babylon that is being spoken of here is more of the religious Babylon. Because it says it has become a place of demons prison of foul spirits a cage of of these unclean and hated birds and and if you remember when we were talking about religious babylon that word abomination showed up and that word abomination is is associated with 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 a foul and loathsome uh stench a detestable thing in other words outward Outwardly, she might have looked good, but inwardly, she was a place of demons. She was, she was a prison of foul spirits in a cage of unclean and hated birds. I like the way the Amplified put that portion. It says, she has become a resort, a dwelling place for demons, a dungeon haunted by every loathsome spirit and abode for every filthy and detestable bird. Now, this could also be speaking about and could be associated with another Babylon. Because it does take two to tango when you're talking about fornication. (laughs) You see, we've been studying a lot about the religious Babylon and how it has has made the, the kings of the earth to commit fornication with her has made her drunk with, the, with the, the wine of her fornication. And so it could be talking about uh, 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 the political Babylon that we've been kind of throwing out there. That when we're talking about Babylon, it could be talking about literal, it could be talking about religious, it could be talking about political, and, 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 and all of those things being combined. You see, these two Babylons, the religious Babylon and the political Babylon, the kings of the earth, these two were in bed with one another. And they have created and or adopted commercial Babylon. Another Babylon that we really haven't talked a lot about, but you have the religious form of it you have the political form of it and these two have 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 joined forces with the commercial babylon because it tells us in verse three and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury these merchants have become rich religious babylon is not only idolatrous in spiritual fornication, but she is also prideful and greedy and selfish with her wealth. 
which is to the excess. This, this worldwide religion that will come about during this great tribulation, this, this religious Babylon, this great harlot, if you will, will be very showy and very extravagant. And it will appeal to many. As it has to political Babylon, it will also be to commercial Babylon. And when we talk about commercial Babylon, we, we're, we're talking about all the merchants, all the, all, all the, all the trade, all the commerce, all this stuff that, that is out there that will do, be doing business with her. You see, a merchant is, is one who buys or sells, buys and sells goods for profit, a, a, a dealer or a, a trader, if you will. After all, it is a time in the Great Tribulation where nobody can buy or sell unless they have the mark of the beast going for them. Then they can do trade. Then they can buy and sell. They can do whatever they want. And see, this, this time that, that we have here, religious Babylon, the false prophet, if you will, has lobbied for this commercial lab, uh, this commercial Babylon as well. So what we can gather from this is that religious Babylon, the great harlot, was not only in bed with political Babylon, but it was also in business with the merchants, the commercial Babylon. Th- this business deal and this partnership with commercial Babylon has been beneficial to both parties. They have become rich and greedy over this this lifestyle that they've been living, living in the lap of luxury over the common people. You see, whenever whenever we see countries or, or, or regions where there's these dictators and these tyrants, they don't live like the common people. The common people are are dirt poor. But these tyrants, they don't live like that. They live in the lap of luxury. You see any communist country, their their, their communist leader does not live off off the rations that everybody else lives off of, right? No. Man, they they are living it up. They are living in extravagance. And they are so greedy that they're hoarding it all for themselves. Now, you would expect something like that from the world itself, from the political Babylon and how it does business. But you wouldn't expect that from a religious Babylon. No, we would because we know what, what this whole thing is all about. But, but big people would say, oh, no, it's a religious thing, man. They, they are for the people. Well, outwardly, they seem like they are. But they are getting rich off the backs of the people constantly, especially in this time because they are in bed with political Babylon. They are so married together. They are in it for their profit, for their, for their good. And we saw that even in the last chapter. At the end of, of the last chapter, we saw that political Babylon stabs the, the religious Babylon in the back. It doesn't care. It used them just like a prostitute is used. But that's who she is, religious Babylon. She's going to be used. 
Now, it is interesting that in the last chapter, we, 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 we learned that these ten horns, this, this whole system, has kicked the, the religious Babylon or, or the harlot to the curb, if you will. And in that, religious Babylon has fallen, for sure. She has fallen apart, and her judgment has come upon her. Oh, we saw that it was, you know, kind of this judgment came upon her from her own people, from, from political Babylon, but God was still in it, as we saw. He, he allows all this to happen and puts it in their hearts to, 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 to take care of her and to, to ruin her because God will accomplish His purpose, as we saw last week. But God is still in full control of all the judgment that is coming upon her. But now we see that this, the, the, that same judgment is also to come upon all that is Antichrist. Not just religious Babylon, but also the world system as a whole. From, the, from politics to the economy. All of it. And again, if, if you follow politics, you know that the economy is so associated with politics. All of it is all, all bunched up together. And so all of it is going to be judged, as we'll see in this, in this chapter. So as we zero in on Babylon as a whole, in these two chapters, now we get a wider view of all the decadence the corruption, the debauchery, the depravity, the self-indulgence that the abundance of all these riches and luxury has brought Babylon as a whole off the backs of the common people that are still on the earth at this time. They're being duped <laughs> into following after the beast. But they're only being duped because they let themselves be duped because they rejected Jesus Christ. They rejected Him. And so in this whole time frame, after all, you could only buy or sell with the mark of the beast. And so all of this, all this Babylon as a whole, man, all, all of this, because you can only buy and sell with the mark of the beast, every one of these guys or, or these systems are getting a cut of everything that is going on. They are all getting a piece of the pie. I would say they all have the whole pie. I would even go as far to say they have the whole bakery. They own it all. So it doesn't matter. Everything that's going on in this world system at this time, they are benefiting from it. And, and we're seeing the debauchery of it all because they have everything they could possibly want. Everything. And so in verses 4 through 8, it says, and I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive of her plagues. Now it's interesting because even in this stage of the game, of the, as we're into the book, or, or you know, far into the book of Revelation, we're, we're, we're into the great tribulation part, the last part, it, it's almost like God still gives out a call to his people. So, so it's almost like apparently <laughs> there are still some followers of Jesus Christ that, that are, are, are very close, even within this religious Babylon, if you will, that have not taken the mark of the beast, but they're very close there. I don't understand how they would. 
but they're still there. And, and, and then the call comes out to his people. He says, lest you share in that sin. You're walking so closely, man, that, that when, the, when, when judgment comes, that when this plague comes, you will be affected by it, it says, to, the, to his people that he's talking about here. Judgment was about to come upon all Babylon and God still in his grace and mercy wants to save his people from any judgment to come because 1 Thessalonians 5.9 says, For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so before the wrath of God is, is totally poured out on, on Babylon, he calls them out. It's interesting because when you get into the, uh, the end of verse 6, no, in, in verse 5, it says, for, for her sins have reached to heaven, and God has remembered her iniquity. It's interesting because after the flood, Babylon, that region, wanted to reach heaven in the Tower of Babel. It was all associated and it seems like they have reached heaven. Not the way they thought they would <laughs> to take over, but their sins have reached heaven. Now, it's interesting because the Bible tells us that as believers, that God will not remember our sins or our lawless deeds ever again in Hebrews chapter, chapter 8, verse 12, where it says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. That's what God does to the righteous, to those who are His. He doesn't bring up your sins. You know, he, he, His Son has, has, has paid for all of that. But for Babylon, her iniquities, her wrongdoings are remembered to God. And even though she has... She has done all that she has done. Whatever she has dished out, especially upon the people of God, she will be paid double. To the excess that she lived lavishly, to that same excess, she will be tortured or tormented, as it tells us in these verses. And it says, render to her just as she rendered to you. Repay her double according to, the, to her works. In the cup which she has mixed, mixed double for her, and the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuriously, to the same measure, her torment and sorrow will come upon her. Now, we know that this is being, the, these people that are being called out are not the church as you and I know it. This has to be the tribulation saints that he is talking about. The church has been gone. And, and the reason that I know that, that he is not speaking to the church here as we know it today, that we live in this, this church age, because the church is never, ever encouraged to render to others what has been rendered to us. On the contrary, the church today we are told to love our enemies, to bless those who curse you, 
Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That's what we're to to do today. So when he's talking here and says, no, render to her double. Render to her what she has done to you. So you know he's not talking to the church as we know it. So he must be talking to the tribulation saints. Because if you remember, as we've covered, that the tribulation saints have been going, how long, Lord? How long before you judge all of this that's been going on to us? You see, and it's okay for them. It's almost like going back to the Old Testament times. That they're going, I can't wait for the judgment to come. And I know that sometimes we are so wicked, or maybe it's just me, that I want judgment to come right now. But God reminds me, it's like, no, Zeke, you pray. You pray for your enemies. You pray for those who are doing injustice to the people. It's like, oh. Maybe I'm the only baby here that feels like that. No, God, I want your justice to come. And you know when I feel like that, he always reminds me, aren't you glad I didn't show you justice? It's like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're right, God. You have called us to show mercy like you have shown mercy. To show grace like you have shown grace. Yes, Lord, we will pray for our enemies. (laughs) But in this time frame, grace is gone. Mercy is gone. It's judgment that's coming. And so, so here, again, we see that, that the tribulation saints have been asking God to bring judgment, and He has heard their cry, and He will repay them double according to their works. He will do that. And then in verse, at the end of verse 7, it says that she says in her heart, uh, I sit as, as a queen and am no widow and will not see sorrow. In her arrogance, this, this, this Babylon, as, uh, if you will, the, the, the heart of this world system is so huge. The, the, the arrogance of this world system and the lap of luxury that they have sat in and enjoyed the, this, this good life, that they never ever see their fall coming. How could I? How could, we, we own it all. We own all the world. We own all the power. We own all the, the political, the religious, and the economic. How could we go? How could, how could we ever be a widow? <laughs> I sit as queen. They never see these rough times coming. It's almost as if Babylon as a whole, political and, and uh, commercial, it's almost as if Babylon says we are above the law. We make the law. So how can we ever pay, pay anything? <laughs> it's almost as if Babylon will, will think that they can get away with everything and anything. <laughs> and, and, and for the most part, humanly speaking, they seem like they are getting away with everything. Because don't we sometimes think that these po- politicians get away with murder? Get away with anything? <laughs> I mean, they, they could use, they, they, they could do whatever, man. <laughs> and man, you miss one payment to the IRS, man. It's like, hey, man, I'll go take you cigarettes in jail. Well, you shouldn't be smoking, but you know, you're going to pay for it one way or another. But doesn't it seem like politicians, and not just in this country, throughout the world, seem to be above the law, that they get away with 
with anything and everything. And, and, and that's the way they're going to look at life, even in this time frame. And humanly speaking, they will get away with everything. But when it comes time for God to judge her, <laughs> he will show no partiality or favoritism. He will have no soft spot for her in his heart. He has given them a chance. And they have rejected it. And so it's time for judgment in this time. And Babylon as a whole will have seduced and manipulated so many. And the whole world, if you will, that, that she has that much power. And it's interesting because that much power and all they have and everything that they have trusted in will fall in one day. In one day. The silver spoon that Babylon has eaten from will be tarnished, will rot away, will disintegrate, will fall apart, and will crumble all in one day. This will be a crash like no other <laughs> economically. This will be a crash where there is no recovery. Nobody's going to bail them out. Everybody will think that they are too big to fail. <laughs> but God God is the one that's destroying them not themselves God is the one that's on it says that he will utterly utterly burn them with fire and that word utterly means completely to consume wholly and it will not be a matter of what they try and do to, to make this comeback to turn things around no it says for for strong is the Lord who judges her. <coughs> 9 <clears throat> to 19. It says, The kings of the earth who committed fornication and lived luxuriously with her will weep and lament for her. When they see the smoke of her burning, standing at a distance, for fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour her, her judgment has come. And the merchants <clears throat> of the earth will weep and mourn over her, for no one buys their merchandise anymore. Merchandise of gold and silver, precious stones, and pearls, fine apparel and purple, silk and scarlet, every kind of citron wood, every kind of object of ivory, every kind of object of most precious wood, bronze, iron, and marble, and cinnamon, and incense, and fragrant oil, and frankincense, wine and oil, fine flour and wheat, cattle and shit, sheep, Horses, <clears throat> scratch that, and sheep. It did not come out like that, come on. <clears throat> okay, you try being up here reading this, come on. It says, fine flour, let's go back a little bit, and wheat, cattle, and sheep, horses, <laughs> and chariots, and bodies, and souls of men. The fruit that your soul longed for has gone from you. 
and all the things that are rich and splendid have gone from you, and you shall find them no more at all. The merchants of these things who became rich by her will stand at a distance for fear of her torment, weeping and wailing and saying, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen, purple and scarlet, and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls. For in one hour such great riches came to nothing. Every shipmaker um, will... will uh, every shipmaker, all who travel by ship, sailors, and many as trade on the sea, stood at a distance and cried out as they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What is like this great city? And they threw dust on their heads and cried out, weeping and wailing, and saying, Alas, alas, that great city in which all who had ships on the sea became rich by her wealth. For in one hour she is made desolate. Man, oh man, that was hard. <clears throat> the kings of the earth who committed fornication and lived luxuriously with her. He is talking about the kings, the leaders of countries and those who have been in power those who were in bed with religious Babylon, and now everything is falling apart. Not just religious Babylon, but political Babylon, economic ba Babylon. Everything has been falling apart. It says those who, who had been in bed with her and doing all these things, they themselves had been made rich off of her, are now weeping and lamenting for their cash cow has now gone and dead. <laughs> There's no more. And I could guarantee you this, that these same kings never shed a tear or felt bad on how they caused the people, the common people, to fall. They did not feel one bitter remorse. The fact that these people are going, could have had this, this destination to heaven, are now all headed to hell. They have no remorse over that. They used them up. And now that they're seeing everything going up in smoke, they are now standing at a distance, if you will, hoping that they too can escape the judgment that has come upon religious Babylon. And all of Babylon. But they shall not escape. They're, they're, they're weeping and lamenting for her is outwardly, but for themselves it's inwardly there. Because they're doomed as well. And then it says in verse 11 that the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn for her. For no one buys <clears throat> their merchandise anymore. Again, these, these, these dealers, these traders, these movers, these shakers, those who have controlled the world economy will weep and mourn, but not for the people for themselves. Why? Because nobody's buying their product. There is no more product for them. Everything is gone. It was all about making money. <laughs> Lining their, their pockets. Being fat cats, if you will. These are the ones that have made the world go round and round. 
and they had nothing or they had never wept for anybody else or mourned for anything else that had to do with their consumers or anything but they are weeping for themselves look at the list of their merchandise as we went through this whole list from gold and silver and, and precious stones and purple and all this stuff and blah, blah, cinnamon and, and frankincense and oils and cows and sheep and bodies, bodies of men. Nothing was off limits for them. Everything from sheep to men, to souls of men. You see, they never really cared about the souls of men anyways because they themselves had sold their soul long before that. To get what they had gotten, they didn't care. You see, they were willing to gain the whole world and lose their own soul only to lose it in one hour. Earlier it says, man, in one day, man, they lost it all. It says here, in one hour. It all came tumbling down. And I was reminded of Proverbs 23, 5. It says, Will you set your eyes on that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away like an eagle towards heaven. Is that quick? Verses 14 to, to 19 here. It says, The fruit of your souls longed, uh, will long for what is gone. Everything you wanted. You see, God, God is not against wealth, guys. He really is not. But what he is against is greed and covetousness. That's what he's against. And it says in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 24, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where, or, or on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is there your heart will be also the lamp of the body is the eye if therefore your eye is good your whole body will be full of light but if your eye is bad your whole body will be full of darkness if therefore the light that is in you is darkness how great is that darkness no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. The, these, these merchants were not serving two masters at all. No, they, they had made the decision long before to serve mammon, the god of wealth. And, and, and mammon speaks of wealth, especially wealth that is used to oppose God Mammon is associated with riches and, God, and, and earthly goods. That's what mammon is. And he says, you can't serve both of them. You have to make a decision. And all they could do at the end was throw dust on their heads and cry out. Because now their, their God was dead <laughs> and their souls were lost. And all they could do is wail and weep because their God could not comfort them, which was money, wealth, power, all those things. And I thought, man, what a sad picture. Verses 20 to the end of the chapter. Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. 
Then a mighty angel took up a, a, a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence the great city Babylon shall be thrown down and shall not be found any more. The sound of harpists, musicians, flautists or flutists, and trumpeters shall not be heard in you any more. No craftsmen uh, of any craft shall be found in you any more. The sound of a millstone shall not be heard in you any more. The light of a lamp shall not shine in you any more. The voice of bridegroom and bride shall not be heard in, in you any more. For the merchants were the great men of the earth. For by their sorcery all the nations were deceived. And in her was found the blood of prophets and saints and all who were slain on the earth. This word rejoice here means to put in a good frame of mind, i.e. rejoice. In other words, putting all things in perspective, all those who had suffered under Babylon, justice is now done. It, it, it may have seemed as though nothing would ever happen to her because God is long-suffering. And we've seen his mercy even through the great tribulation, through the book of, of Revelation here. But God is just. <laughs> and in that, rejoice. For God has avenged you on her. It says in verse 21 to 24 that, that this mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea. And with violence, the great city of Babylon shall be thrown down and shall not be found any anymore, man. And two things came to mind uh, about this stone. The one, you know, portion that we have covered in the book of Daniel where, where it says that, that a stone was cut out out of hands and it struck the ten toes or kingdoms and no trace was found in of them ever again. And the other part that, that it talked about this millstone reminded me of what Jesus said in Matthew 18, verses 6 and 7. He says, Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for them if a millstone were hung around his neck and if they, and he would drown in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of offenses. For offenses must come, but woe to that man by whom the offense comes. God will judge. Make no mistake about that. He will judge. He has judged our sins on the cross of Jesus Christ right now. We have opportunity to repent each and every day. And if you're here this morning if you, and if you have not repented, then God has given you that opportunity once again. His mercy and His grace and His love has been shown to you that you ought to repent. And it's interesting because when we see in verses 22 and 23 all the joys that God wanted man to enjoy and yet man has perverted will be done away with and come to nothing. When you think of the music, the artistries, the, 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 the grains and all the things that God can sustain people, the, the lights that, that, that we can be in this world and even marriage that is being under attack today. 
all of these things will disappear because man, God wanted them to enjoy it. And man has perverted it. And he says all of that will be gone in one hour. He will take care of that. For the merchants were great men. They used their greatness for selfish ambition and evil. For by your sorcery, all the nations were deceived. And that word sorcery in the Greek is the word pharmakia. And it means medication, pharmacy. By extension, magic, literally or figuratively, sorcery or witchcraft. In other words, they were able to put the world under a spell. They took them out of their right mind to think straight about who God is. And it's interesting because that's what drugs does, right? <laughs> it just takes people out of their right mind. And they are open to anything. <laughs> and, th and that's what will... You know, it, it's not like, like they forced people to take this or, or the sorcery or, or fall under a spell. I, I, I believe that the world will be all more than willing to fall under a spell like this. And the end of the verse here, it says, And in her was found the blood of the prophets and the saints. And in all... And all, those, and all who were slain on the earth. Babylon is in no way innocent. He, it, it is, this whole system, it is totally guilty. And God is just in judging her. Amen? Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, it, it is a somber portion of scripture for us, Lord. E, e, even though we, we see that in the end here, heaven rejoices. Lord, it, it rejoices because you are just and you are faithful, Lord. You are true to your word, Lord God. And nothing changes and heaven knows that, Lord. And Father, right now, Lord, as we pray for our world today that we live in, Lord, God, I pray that you would give us a burden for this community, for our homes, for sure, but for this community, for this nation, and for this world, Lord. Father, we just heard this morning that, that the Word of God is going out all over the world, Lord. You are giving so many people chances to pick up your Word. People are being handed the Word of God constantly. And when the time comes that, that heaven rejoices like this, it's not because we, we are glad that somebody's going to hell, Lord. It's because you are faithful and you are true. And you are long-suffering. And we rejoice in who you are, Lord and what you've done. Lord, you've showed mercy and grace and abundance. But Lord, you will show judgment. So Lord, thank you for being who you are. Thank you that we, we are on your side, Lord. And I bless you for that, Lord, that our hearts would continue to break for the world that we live in right now, Lord. And we would desire to be out there and sharing the word of God. Blessed be your name, in Jesus' name. God bless you.